Today's episode of the Goldcast is sponsored by, well, Raymond, it's sponsored by a hashtag that's dead. And the hashtag that I started that we never used was protect the lead. And we were supposed to beat out Atlanta and hold and secure this hold on the NFC, but that is now gone. So now it's get the one seed. <laughs> we're now we're, we've got to get the one seed back. Uh, I, I don't know if it's going to be possible, but we are going to look ahead. We have two more weeks, right? Two more games to win. Raymond, why don't you let them know before we get started, where can they find us? You can like us at facebook.com slash the goldcast, and you can also follow us on Twitter at the underscore goldcast, and be sure to subscribe to us via Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and Stitcher, all under the same moniker of the goldcast. Be sure to like, subscribe, and comment, especially if you want to get notifications on when we go live. We post about three episodes a week, sometimes more, depending on the season and the sport and the content available to us. And if you want to chime in on the discussion regarding the primary theme of the show, which is the San Francisco 49er regular seasons, then YouTube is one of the best platforms for that. We do respond on Twitter and Instagram, but YouTube seems to be the place more accessible for everybody. So if you want to chime in on the conversation, that's the best place to do it. And we look forward to hearing from you. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Raymond, if they want to reach out to you specifically, where can they find you? I'm on Twitter at Ray Solis and Instagram at Ray Solis one. Yeah. And I'm on Instagram at Rudy Solis three and Twitter at Rudy Solis three R D. All right, here we go. It is preview day. We are looking ahead to the Rams coming into town to, to face the 49ers. It is now our job to get the one seed back. We're going to talk about it after the intro. But first, the greatest fanalist in the game is here. Your professor of fanalism. Hey, that's me. He's in the building too. Class is in session. Let's go. San Francisco, are you ready? This is the Gold Cast. Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Solis III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Solis I, baby. Boom. All right, Raymond. Welcome back. It is time. Thank you. Thank you. It, it's nice to be back. I thought that was a great episode you you uh, laid on the people. I actually love your solo episodes. Thanks. I think they're fantastic. And you know, if there was ever an episode to miss a loss to an inferior team, in a trap game scenario, that's that's probably the best one to like not be available for that. God, <laughs> you know, you know, Raymond, we had several trap games laid out before us. With I think Pittsburgh being the closest to actually being it, nothing made me more bothered than to be right about it being a trap game. Even though I predicted us to lose to win, even you, you and I both had said together this felt very trap gamey. Yeah, totally. And it didn't help that the defense was handicapped by missing. I know I've said five starters, but when you include Quan Alexander, who's been gone for some time now, so it's it's a different it's it's different because it's like he's been gone, so it's like you've already excluded him and kind of moved on. But 
if you do add him into the equation, he was part of the starting lineup, a very stellar starting lineup. That's six starters that were missing yeah. last week that gave a tremendously handicap advantage to the Atlanta offense, even though the defense still played really well. They only managed to edge us by a couple points in the end of it. I'm going to, you know, disregard the fumble score at the end because that was really didn't didn't matter at that point. Um, But yeah, that was uh, unfortunate, but things are going to change. Yeah, it was um, it was tough. And I know that there's some people that have been uh, that, you know, there's been a lot of there are a lot of people I've heard this kind of across the board. You know, I like to listen to a lot of different podcasts and a lot of people saying that they're uh, a little bit concerned about the 49ers defense. The past people have said a lot of silly things on on various podcasts and news outlets, which to me shows that you're not necessarily doing all of your research just based on what you're saying, a lot of people saying maybe they peak too early or or that teams have figured out the defense and usually hit the nail on the head. Six injuries to six starters is going to have an impact on a defense that... Right, and and that doesn't even include the rotation players, which probably puts it more in the realm of nine or, nine or ten. Exactly. I mean, this is a, a defense that has been uh, kind of decimated as the season has gone on. But look, we're still winning. We have to gain the one seed back. And it starts this week. We have two more games, Raymond, both division rivals. So I'm going to start first with going over just uh, basically where the teams are, my favorite spots. So right now, the 49ers are six and a half point favorites. The total, uh, the, the over-under being 46 uh, total points here. We've got the Rams. Let me see here. The Rams, they're averaging about 23.7 points per game that's number 13 in the nfl they're surrendering 21 game points per game this season that's 15th in the nfl our 49ers are still their averages haven't changed a whole lot after last week they're averaging 29.9 points per game this season still ranked number two in the nfl the san francisco surrendering 18.4 points per game this season that's now tied for fourth in the nfl they've just so they've definitely dropped but i mean it's not a big drop they were at most of this year they've been averaging around 15 points per game so they've been going up about three the rams got smoked by the dallas cowboys 44 to 21 last week 49ers lose to the Atlanta Falcons in a heartbreaker. 29-22. Don't be fooled by that final score. That garbage time uh, special teams touchdown was garbage. Anyways, here we go. The, you know, this is since week nine, Raymond. San Francisco's last seven games have been decided by 10 points or fewer. The Rams looked like they were kind of going on a run and then got really dusted last week but this has become a must-win game for both teams in order for both teams both you know for the Rams to even have a chance which it's pretty slim of getting into the playoffs they have to beat us and in order for us to gain the one seed back or at least to have a much better chance we have to win this game so this has really become a must-win scenario I fully expect both teams to be playing at their top level but I'm going to pass off the mic to you. What do you think? What are you seeing? And obviously, you're going to give us the injury report because, as we mentioned earlier, that injury report is uh, has been pretty extensive. But it looks like Richard Sherman might be back. Anyways, I, t- I pass it off to you. 
Yeah, so the health of the team is the biggest thing that I've been looking at in these latter games because they've mattered. They've mattered a lot. They mattered big time last week. And, you know, we don't we don't have to beat the dead horse anymore of last week. But what we can do is look ahead to see where things are headed this Saturday. And what we know so far is that I think Gerald Everett had some knee issues, but he was at full practice yesterday. We haven't got the practice reports today because practice is still ongoing as we speak at the time of this recording. But my assumption is that he's going to play on Saturday. Not a huge, I mean, he's, he's, you know, this is not a dynamic, really threatening player. And if he's out there in pass plays, he's going to be dealing with Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw. And I have a lot of confidence in their coverage skills. And then Troy Hill, the cornerback, he didn't participate the last two games. That's, um, I mean, that's that's helpful if you're a 49ers fan, but not a huge deal because Jalen Ramsey's really the one that you want to focus on because he's going to be probably swapping back and forth between Debo Samuel and Emmanuel Sanders. And so that's a matchup that we're going to have to watch. Greg Zerline has a right quad injury. He didn't participate the past two games. That's a big one. Because if there's any tight scoring in this game, which I think there will be <clears throat> at minimum in the first, at least in the first half, if 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 the trend of these two teams continues like it did in the first matchup, but that's something to look for. Jared Goff has a right thumb issue, but he was a full participant yesterday. I, I imagine he's going to play, albeit in a down season effort for the most part. All his numbers are down. He's not, he just doesn't look like the same player. I think he looks like a deer in a headlights for the most part, but we'll get into that. And then Andrew Whitworth, the tackle, not injury related, but he uh, did not participate yesterday. So my assumption there is that he will play. If it's not injury related, then he's probably dealing with something personal or something like that. So he's going to, he'll play. On our side of the ball, we have D4 dealing with the exact same quad and hamstring injury that's been off and on all year. He did not participate the last two games. Mike Person, the offensive lineman, the guard, he had a neck injury. He was limited the last two games. My assumption is he'll play. Probably just stiffness in the neck. That's something that can get ironed out before Saturday. And Richard Sherman with the hamstring, full participant the last two practices. That will trend will most likely continue today and Friday. It's looking more and more likely that he will play. Jaquaski Cart and Julian Taylor did not practice both Yes, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, the team was off on Monday. Tart is dealing with the rib injury, as as some of most of you know, and Julian Taylor has the elbow. If that trend continues today and tomorrow, you can pretty much rule them out for Saturday. And Kawan Williams, who's been dealing with the concussion, was a full participant the last two days too. So they, Sherman and Williams are the big ones there because Kwan Williams has been an outstanding Pro Bowl-level nickel cornerback all season long. He's been extremely consistent. terrific tackler having him and Sherman back in the lineup is really going to help us because the Rams if there's one thing they do have it's quality wide receivers especially in Cooper Cup and Robert Woods and even though the numbers aren't what they've been in the previous two years these are still very highly productive wide receivers they're they're both going to get a thousand yards this season They've both seen the end zone. Cooper Cup sees the end zone more than anybody else on this receiving core. Todd Gurley sees the end zone more than anybody else on this team. But he is 
though he has looked better in recent weeks, has mostly has largely been not himself since the latter half of last season, leading all the way up to the Super Bowl. And with some of the health returning to this team, I think we can be a little bit more optimistic about the matchup. I was not feeling so great at the end of the Falcons game because I was like, if these guys aren't healthy, then this gives the Rams a legitimate chance, which is a much better team than the Falcons. And it's a division game, which means they're going to be playing much, you know, division matchups, division teams always play each other harder than they do the other teams because they know these teams very well inside and out. They play them twice a year. There's more on the line for the Rams than there is the Falcons. So the Rams are playing with desperation, a desperation that we'll most likely see throughout the game on Saturday. To, to what degree, meaning, you know, how long will it last compared to, you know, what we saw in the last matchup? I don't know. Because last matchup, there was some... The defense was healthier, but the offense was not as healthy. We were missing Mike McGlinchey. We were missing Joe Staley. We were missing Kyle Juszczyk. Those three players are back now in this lineup. So that's going to make a big difference in the matchup versus the previous time we faced these teams. Last time, they ran down our throats in the first drive and scored and saw the end zone I saw the we we'll saw the red zone only one other time at the tail end of the second quarter when the Niners had that really stellar goal line stand to shut them down and then after that it was seven to seven going into half and then the Niners really pulled away with two more scores to seal the win. I think this game is going to go higher than that. I think probably just maybe a score each by each team. That's what I'm hoping for. I think I hope the team gets back on track this time around. So, uh, but I'm not sure. I mean, how do you how do you see the health of the defense going up against the Rams this time versus where they were last time? Outside of the obvious, you know, it's funny you say that because you were talking about uh, the offense in particular, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, and the other guy that I was looking at. Actually, the, the the numbers I was looking at right now, I was looking at Tyler Higby, who's their tight end, who they've really, really. Uh, managed to get into this game. I'm definitely nervous about this game. I'm not going to lie. I'm very nervous. This I'm actually this is probably the least confident I've felt in weeks about this. We have to win out two very tough matchups, two tough division games. And I think the 49ers uh that defense has really largely been our the our primary identity. And even though the offense has won um some big shootouts, in in the previous in in the previous several weeks, I think since week ten we we're we're five hundred we're a five hundred team after going nine straight games uh, of winning, and I just I don't I don't think I don't think we we peaked too early or anything silly like that. I just think that we a we've that our our very difficult schedule has arrived. We had one of the easiest schedules in the NFL. Now we've had one of the hardest schedules in the NFL. That coupled with the bang-up defense has made every game much more difficult than it needs to be. Do I think the 49ers win this Saturday? I do think we win this Saturday. Am I nervous as hell? I am. I think, the you know, let's not forget that the LA Rams were the first team to really figure out uh, that we struggled against the run and really exposed us in a way that even you've observed that teams have just just done over and over and over again since week four and this uh, this ma- or week six and this matchup I, Sean McVay obviously comes out of a out of the same system as uh, you know uh, as Kyle Shanahan these two are very familiar with one another and McVay has done a very good job of staying 
one step ahead of Kyle Shanahan. That last game was a royal ass whooping. Do I believe this game could be a royal ass whooping? I do. But with that defense not being 100% healthy and with the Rams offense really starting to come into its own with the triple header monster of Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Tyler Higby, and as you mentioned already, Todd Gurley finally starting to really get reps for this team. This this presents a game that is is could potentially be a very tough matchup and a long day for the 49ers. And I think no matter what, this is going to be a long day for the 49ers for sure. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be the same as last time they played. Obviously, more's at stake. The health of these two teams has changed a lot. The Rams have gained a little bit of rhythm back in this second half versus the first half. And and the, the you know, the Niners have, you know, kind of slipped up a little bit here. But I do think they get back on track, especially with the fact that they were quote unquote pissed about the loss. I was pissed about the loss. I think a lot of fans were pissed about the loss. I saw a lot of fans and pundits bringing up questioning Kyle Shanahan's decision decision making during the game. And I know that, you know, as a coach, you always put the blame on yourself first instead of, you know, uh, passing the buck, which is the appropriate thing to do because you're, you know, you're the head of the dragon. You know, if 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 your head falls, it has a trickling down effect to the rest of the body. But I don't think, you know, it was kind of annoying because people were bringing up the the Super Bowl between the Pats and the Falcons. And I'm just like, I'm sorry, but Kyle Shanahan wasn't the head coach, nor was he the defensive coordinator. So there is no merit to the argument that Kyle Shanahan deserves the lion's share of the blame for that loss. It's a ridiculous argument that has no water. But I digress. And then I heard people saying that Kyle Shanahan in regards to this season he's been impulsive and he's been inconsistent i'm like really impulsive and inconsistent i was like is that is that what your 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 keen eye of football tells you oh 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 wise wizard of the nfl (laughs) is is that what it says to you i was like we're 11 and 3 and if you look at the the stats of our play calling between rushing plays and gosh and 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 passing plays it's there's really a a closer balance than you would think to me that's indicative of somebody who's very calculated and very consistent with his calculations which is contrary to the notion that he's impulsive and inconsistent you you do not become 11 and 3 with this type of talent by being impulsive and inconsistent this is, again, another bonehead comment that came from somebody out in the fan world. I just need to leave some of these Facebook groups because there's only one or two that I think are, are worth hanging out in. And the rest of them are just really trash, just trash observations of football. And I appreciate their enthusiasm and their fandom towards the 49ers, but their opinion is absolute garbage. And I just need to not engage with them anymore. It, it it stresses me out. But as far as this matchup's concerned, I think <laughs> I think the big the big thing that stands out to me is Richard Sherman and Quan Williams. That to me changes everything because if this was the same squad that rolled out against the Atlanta Falcons last Sunday, then I think this game becomes much more worrisome for me personally. I know you're still concerned, but I have a lot of I I get a lot of I feel more assured of the victory 
knowing that two of our starting corners are coming back, one who's going to be in the Pro Bowl, who got a Pro Bowl nod, and one who was playing at a Pro Bowl level before he got an injury. Thank God it wasn't a season-ending injury like some of our other guys, you know, uh, Ronald Blair, uh, um, uh, DJ Jones. Those are two big guys to go along with the six that are already down, that have already were already down prior to that. So we're going to get two of those guys back, two of our of our eight players that are down from the starting rotation. Two are coming back, and one D Ford. You know he's probably going to come back more towards the playoffs. So he's not out of the count either, which is good too. So we'll get three back. You know, in in a few weeks. And hopefully he he's able to pick up where he left off. But I feel a lot more reassured by that. I, I think Joukowsky Tart is still a big missing component against the run and also against minimizing yards after the catch. That's going to be a big one. But Kawan Williams and the combination of Kawan Williams, Witherspoon, I, and Richard Sherman. Uh, you know, Richard Sherman does well, but I feel like Witherspoon and Kawan Williams do a much better job of, I think they take a little bit better angles than Richard Sherman does. And they stop Yak. Yak plays more often than Sherman does. But Sherman does such a great job in just single coverage, zone coverage, man coverage that sometimes it doesn't even get to that point because he's so good. And so, so there is that. And 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 Jimmy Garoppolo, I think he's had a terrific season. He got a Pro Bowl alter, alternate nod this year. Twenty six touchdowns, eleven picks. Those are great numbers. He's practically throwing at seventy percent, which is a lot greater than Jared Goff has over this year, which is in the low sixty percent. And he has seventeen touchdowns to fifteen picks. I just think if we're able to generate pressure on Goff, he's going to be the deer in the headlights that we've been seeing for most of the season, which tends to give up the ball. He gave up the ball in the loss. Or I'm sorry, in in the win that they had uh, recently, he he gave up the ball even in the, in those instances. So he's averaging more more than one turnover a game at this point. Oh, just about just I think what fit we've this is week sixteen. He's got fifteen picks. So so I take it back. He averages about one turnover a game, or at least in the in the in the interception department. The fumbles, if you add the fumbles into there, then it, it, it climbs. It's, you could say the same for Jimmy G. He, uh, he has a few fumbles this year, too. But the point is, we're much more healthy on offense, and we're much more efficient on offense. I think that we're going to get it done. I think Kyle Shanahan's going to anticipate a lot of what Sean McVay does, because remember, Sean McVay is still the student, even though he got to the Super Bowl last year. He got there by implementing some some Kyle Shanahan-esque wrinkles that caught the NFL by surprise. And now we see the revolutionized version of that with the 49ers this season, where it's much more dynamic. It's much more difficult to read and detect. You know, a player, uh, the player, the, the pre-snap motion is not just there to just confuse the defense. It's there to determine what the mat, where, where your matchup is going to be, where your exploitation is going to be. You know, because it depends if the de- the defender watch in this game coming up, watch the pre-snap motion because whoever, whatever the defender is that follows the player in motion, whether that's Kyle Uzcheck or George Kittle or Emmanuel Sanders or Debo Samuel or Kendrick Bourne, any of those defenders that are following the motion player, that's one of the key elements that helps Jimmy Garoppolo determine where the bar where the ball goes, regardless of first or second read. Because that match exploitation, that pre-snap motion, why there's even that's why there's one there's more than one guy often moving 
in the pre-snap motion because we're really trying to A, create confusion, and B, trying to create matchup exploitation. And I don't think that the Rams are good at this. Even though they got Jalen Ramsey, I just don't be, you know, he's got a tall task. You, Yeah, you have to bounce between Emmanuel Sanders and Debo Samuel, but you also have to account for George Kittle, who's a matchup problem. So you've got three matchup problems and only one surefire corner that you know can help give you an inkling of an opportunity to to stop some plays. And then on the defensive line, they've only got one player. They've got one player that wreaks havoc. Yep, that's true. And that that one player is is going to deal with a hair, a healthy line. I mean, to be fair, Dante Fowler has nine sacks this year, so he's obviously stepped up in 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 a similar role, you know, in the absence of like the Robert Quinn tandem that used to exist with Aaron Donald. But Aaron Donald is really the the big time sack machine here, but with both our tackles heavy, uh, both our tackles healthy and back in the lineup. And even though they haven't played great, at least on Joe Staley's side, he hasn't been terrific since he got back. I think that given the circumstances of this game, especially coming off of the heels of last week, I just feel like there's a lot motivating us to get this done. And a team like this has shown more often than not that they can, respond well to adversity and respond well to rebounding we've rebounded every loss this season so i expect that same rebound to happen this week and with that i predict a 27 21 score i say goff goes down three times and richard sherman's gonna get his hand on the ball i think the secondary is gonna get at least two picks this time I think it'll probably be Sherman in one of those instances. And in the other instance, I think Akella Witherspoon probably. I'd love to see Jimmy Ward get it, but I think it's going to be Witherspoon. Ooh. Dang, Ray. Wow, you just, you just you dove It's right one possession. Like this it. is not a blowout by any stretch. but it, So I think no. it's going to be a tight game. It's going to be a tight game. I am going to... Uh, uh, what, what do they say on the Yahoo Fantasy app? I'm going to fierce, fearlessly forecast a score of da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they always say fearlessly forecast. I was, I'm always like, what is up with the double alliteration there with the two Fs? Anyways, it's. I think it just sounds kind of a little a little dramatic in a, in a silly way. I... I am going to also I also believe this is going to be a tight game. I do not believe that the 49ers will cover. I'm going to predict a tighter score than you though. I'm going to say 35-31 in favor of the 49ers. That is my final score. Don't try to convince me otherwise. That's what I'm going with. <laughs> so <laughs> you, so know, you Ray, think, I was so you to... think these teams are going to score in the 30s. So the Niners are going to score more or less what they've been averaging for the season and that the Rams will will get close to that similar to the Saints game but 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 also but also similar to the Saints game falls short. Yeah, they ultimately won't be able to close it out. Now Raymond, I have to ask you, this is my final question before we go cuz we do have to run. But if the 10 a.m. if a 10 a.m. big matchup is a monster mimosa matchup, what do we call a primetime game? Because this is the primetime game. This is the Saturday evening game. That's a good question. Right? <laughs> I mean, what is what is the preferred primetime drink? Because I'm not a big like, beer guy. You know, and you're I know and not you're a not a beer guy, guy either. So I am a mimosa guy. I am a champagne guy. 
and we're, we're was, both it, liquor guys. So, <laughs> so I, I was like, I was like, uh, I don't, I don't know. Monster mimosa matchup. Then we have to think like awesome afternoon. I, I don't know. <laughs> no, awesome alcoholic. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. Uh, uh, uh a wonderful whiskey matchup. Uh, uh, it's got to be three alliterations uh, uh, in a row. A voluminous vodka matchup. Uh, a vo- voluminous vodka versus? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or a, uh, How about a, 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 a... I don't know. What were you going to say? I was going to say... Uh, It'd be something like a big beer fest battle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? If we were beer guys, it'd be like big, big beer fest battle. <laughs> yeah, that would. I guess that would. That that might be more applicable for the Goldcast Nation. I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> we we haven't really taken much of a an alcohol uh, an alcohol test, Al- an alcohol consumption uh, quiz for for the Goldcast Nation. But either way. It's going to be, I do expect this to be a great game. I believe that we will sweep the Rams this year and say bye-bye I agree. to the Rams. I agree. I think Jared Goff, just to me, here's the thing with Sean McVay. I think he's a good coach. And he often says exactly, he, he says a lot of the, the the usual responses. To me, he seems a little plastic in his press conferences because he always just says, you know, well, we're not going to use this to get us down. We're going to be able to go. And it's like, yeah, that's what you're supposed to say. You know, but do you really mean it? You know, are you frustrated? I think he does to a degree, but I, I just don't. I Kyle Shanahan's much more loose and laid back. He and he gives a lot of some of that stuff too, but I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm biased. But I think that. But what I'm getting to is that Sean McVay is a derivative of Kyle Shanahan, and there's just not a whole lot of creative exoticness to this offense. It's really not as complicated as some might think especially now that the NFL is caught up to McVay. And unless he adjusts and gets some more talent and and asks his GM to stop giving up first round picks for, you know, instant plug in play veterans, then it's going to be tough sledging for them going forward because they they don't have a lot of draft capital and they don't have a lot of cap room going forward. And I just think that that's going to be really really tough. I would not want to work with a GM who's willing to give up first round draft talent for, you know, first round quality or first round esque type of players that may or may not work out. And in the case of the Rams has mostly, mostly didn't work out both corners that they got that they drafted for and gave up draft capital and trades for both of them are gone with the exception of, and they traded one for one. They got Jalen Ramsey in in one of those cases. And Marcus Peters has actually been playing really well. Yeah, he has. I think he's in a, I think he's in a much more comfortable system. You know, I don't, I'm not, to me, it seemed like it just wasn't working. You know, he wasn't, they, neither of them made a huge impact from day one till they, they had, they both had to leave in order to get back to their, their usual expectation of quality play. But, you know, that's, that's neither here or there. You're going to have to go over to the Rams. The, uh, the cast. No, the, the, uh, you're gonna to have to go over to uh, the the greatest show on pod. <laughs> the greatest show on pod. The greatest show on yeah. pod for that one. Big. They've been around for a long time, ever since the Kurt Warner days. Uh, <laughs> I thought I thought it was the Rams cast, but uh, clearly I am wrong. So clearly I don't listen to them enough. Yeah, the greatest show on pod, uh, which is actually a, is a is a great name for a 
for a podcast, actually. <laughs> it's a great name. But we don't like them. We haven't spoken to them in years. Raymond, last question, completely off the topic of football. When are you going to see Star Wars Rise of Skywalker? I'm going to see it on Saturday, and I've seen some reports about the reviews coming in, but I'm ignoring that and just going to see it and form my own opinion. Excellent. I am going to see it tonight at a special free screening at 8 p.m. I'm very excited. And and I hope everyone's caught up on The Mandalorian because that last episode was was fire. Yes. The last Mandalorian episode was fire, as you say. All right, Raymond. Well, there we go. What say you, Goldcast Nation? Let us know in the comments at youtube.com slash the Goldcast. And we will uh, we will read your your previews, your predictions on on uh, on the next on next week's show, on our recap episode. So concludes another edition of the Goldcast. We are the voice of the bay. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Salisa first, baby. Boom! We'll see you next time. Same Goldcast time, same Goldcast channel. This is, this is the Goldcast. Cast.